our recurring theme on First Time Mums Chat has been the lack of information available to mums to help them as they commence their new parenting journey. There is a lot of tension and insecurity around being a new parent, and this becomes even more of an issue when you are away from your family. And Christine Villegas knows all about this after relocating from her native Germany to Virginia in the US and giving birth to two girls, both in the USA. Anne found the process frustrating and challenging, finding information and resources. And she kept meeting other mums and expecting women who were in the same situation and frustrated. Anne works as a biotech engineer in the pharmaceutical industry, so is no parenting expert. But she was so passionate about the difficulties she and others were facing that it motivated her to write a book titled Becoming a Parent, a reality check on pregnancy, birth and baby's first year, to help new parents and expecting parents. For Anne, it's also very important that her parents and family in Germany have the opportunity to bond with the little ones. So they visit each year. You'll hear Anne talk in the interview about how they plan for and manage their overseas trips and overcome the challenge of flights with young infants, being confident in parenting your own way and not letting self-doubt to creep in or allow others to dictate how to parent, the importance of treating each of your children as a unique individual with their own ways and timeframes and not basing decisions on shoulds and have-tos and so, so much more. I'm Helen Thompson and welcome to First Time Mums Chat. I'm a childcare educator and baby math arts instructor. I know that being a parent for the first time is challenging and changes your life in every way imaginable. To help ease your transition into parenthood, I aim to offer supportive, holistic approaches and insights for mums of babies aged mainly from four weeks to 10 months old. My goal is to assist you to become the most confident parent you can and smooth out the bumps along the way. This podcast is brought to you by My Baby Massage. To find out how Baby Massage can help you to increase your confidence and feel more connected with your baby, check out My Baby Massage introduction video at mybabymassage.net forward slash intro. Let's do this together. This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute medical advice. Please contact a medical practitioner if you are concerned or have any medical issues. Hi Anne, welcome to First Time Mums Chat. It's great to have you here today and I'm looking forward to hearing all about your book and your experiences of travelling with your little ones. Can you start by telling us a bit about yourself? Thank you so much for having me. I am originally from Germany, so born and grown up there. And then I met my husband out there. And we stayed there for a while. And eventually we decided it's time for an adventure. And Mm -hmm. we came out to the US. We moved over here. And then eventually we started having children. And we had the first one. And then two years later, we had a second one, both girls. Uh They are 
one and almost three years old now. The older one is about to turn three and it's been crazy. We've had a lot of milestones. We've had a lot of first ones. There's always something new every day. It almost mm, seems like it. And yeah, you have, of course, you have your first big milestones, of course, that everybody talks about, but then you also have those little ones, those little victories that come around the corner and you didn't even know that you were expecting them and there they are. Yeah, those little ones are so lovely because you suddenly see that your little baby is not sort of six weeks anymore, that there's four or five months and they're beginning to sit up. Well, not so much at four months, but I guess it's sort of five and six months are beginning to sit up. I start looking around and watching what's going on and you suddenly think, oh gosh, she's not a baby anymore. Yeah, you suddenly realize that they actually notice the world around them initially it's like okay they're laying there they're sleeping or they want to be fed or held and that's it but then suddenly they look around and you feel watched Mm -hmm. (laughs) suddenly you have to be careful what you're doing because they can see what I'm doing they understand even though they seem so little but they understand what's going on around them Oh, yeah. I know that from baby massage. I believe that touch is so important and babies learn so much by what we're doing and they learn so much by our observations. And I think that helps with the milestones as well, because if they're sort of being cuddled and touched all the time, well, then they start developing earlier. Yeah. And it's just nourishing them. If they feel like they're being loved and they feel like you want to be around them, they start looking for you more and they will start seeking your presence more. They start spinning, they start rolling. They all get their own little technique for how they first move before they start crawling. And yeah, just that bonding time is so important with them and it does encourage them to develop. Yeah. What would you say would be the biggest milestone that they go through? As a baby between six weeks to say four months? I think it's probably when they start smiling at you on their own yes. and then start laughing. So the smile would come around eight weeks and it just feels like you get something back. Finally, after giving so much to them, you feel like, oh, they're happy to see me. And you can feel a little bit more of a bond that's going both ways. Yeah. That time when they start smiling at you is just so beautiful. Suddenly you see your little baby smiling and I can't put words into it because you can't. It's just such a special feeling. It's just that lovely sort of mushy feeling that you get when your baby first smiles at you. Yeah, you can have a really rough night. You can be up five times because they had a bad night, but then they give you that smile. And then you've got the one from four to six months when they get even more observant and they start being more connected with you. Yeah, and between four and six months, some of them can start teething very early and they start teething with four months and then up to six months, you start giving them solids. So that's a whole new level of interacting with them because you don't just give them a bottle anymore or breastfeed. Now you start giving them actual food and maybe they already get to play around with it a little bit. It adds a whole new level to cleaning as well, for sure. (laughs) Oh, definitely. Yes. But it's a fun experience because you're both learning together and you're learning about them. You're learning about what they like to eat. And they're learning about you. They're learning about, oh, mommy likes this. I'll give it a try or or throw it on the floor thinking, no, I don't want that. 
Yeah, and it's interesting because initially they cannot really chew much. So they get more of puree or very soft foods. And then they see you eating other food that they cannot handle yet. But that's exactly what they're going to want. <laughs> so they start complaining that they're not getting the food from your plate, but you're giving them something else. I believe in baby led weaning where you put a bit of broccoli. When I say broccoli, obviously it's not really hard. Something that's really soft, but not so much pureed but just something that's really soft that they can suck on it and then actually enjoy it. Yeah, yeah I, I think there is both ways, right? Some say definitely no baby led weaning. We're going to start with just the purees and then eventually a little bit more chunky and then we'll transition over and others just start straight away with the baby led weaning. For us, it was <coughs> an in-between. We did both. They got the purees and then we slowly started introducing some of the soft finger foods and the purees were boring very fast maybe three weeks four weeks and oh, then they really? just, just wanted to feed themselves mm-hmm. yeah I think it varies from each baby I think as a mom it's really just a matter of trial and error and seeing what your baby wants and let it be baby led rather than what you want to give them your baby will tell you what they want and what they don't want Yeah. And if they're ready or not, I think that's a big one. In my family, food is very important. We love to cook. We love to eat. It's a family event. And I was breastfeeding. So I always said, okay, at six months, that's when we started introducing solids, not earlier and not much later either. But my first one, she was not too interested. And of course it was a little bit upsetting after spending time in the kitchen to prepare fresh made food for her that then she just spread it out. But at the same time, they have to get used to a new consistency. Mm-hmm. With my second one, she was such a hungry baby. We had to start feeding her solids before six months because she would just get angry at the dinner table. And she started eating super well, very fast. It just depends from baby to baby. Yeah, exactly. And I think every baby is an individual and that's an important because just because one baby's doing one thing, it doesn't mean that your baby's doing anything wrong because it's not doing that. We're all individuals, including little babies. Yeah. One of my friends, her son didn't take to eating solids right away. And eventually they said, we'll take a break. We'll give it a week. And I guess that was the week that the baby needed because afterwards he started eating solids without a problem Mm -hmm. yeah which I think is good just to let your baby do it when they're ready I thought that it might be a good opportunity to talk about your book because that'll include the traveling with the baby and everything else yeah thank you and it was born out of frustration to be honest I had such a hard time as a first-time mom finding all the information and the resources I spent so much time looking on the internet and still couldn't find what I was looking for and meeting other moms or expecting women but also new parents they all went through the same and they just couldn't find the one book where they had all of the information they needed that would just give them that confidence of doing it your own way, that that is the correct way. Because you have so many people telling you, yeah, yeah. like you should do it this way, you should do it that way. This is better for your child when they're not even the parent. Mm-hmm. And just giving them one tool to use, just that motivation and that, that thought of what I'm doing is actually good because I know as a parent, best what my child needs yeah so that's why I decided to write the book and I hope it helps the new parents and expecting parents out there becoming a parent for the first time is challenging right it changes your life in every way imaginable and it's hard to hit the ground running isn't it 
There is so much to learn on all manner of subjects and it feels overwhelming, exhausting and even impossible to find all you need to know. To help you, I've compiled some of the tips for mums that have been shared by the wonderful experts on First Time Mums Chat podcast and put them together in a free guide. These tips are easy to incorporate into your daily routines and will help make your new parenting journey easier. To get your free guide, go to mybabymassage.net forward slash tips. mybabymassage.net forward slash tips. I think that's so important because I come from a childcare background and I always try not to give parents advice because, as you say, every parent is different and you know your child. You can be practical and you can say, have you tried this or have you tried that? But if it doesn't work, that's okay. And I think so many people give so much advice. And at the end of the day, you're the one that's got your baby. So you're the one that's got to take the advice that you want. You don't have to take all the advice that people give you. Exactly. For me, I always thought, okay, I'll listen to it just in case I run out of my own options and nothing is working. Maybe I'll try theirs. But in the end, yeah, as you said, you just take what works for you and you leave out the rest. I try to be patient about it because in the end, people who give you advice, they really just want your best and they want to help you. But it can get a little bit annoying. Yeah, it can get a little annoying, especially if you're really stressed in a supermarket, for example. I've seen this so many times. Parents are really stressed because the little one's crying or the little one's doing whatever they're doing. They're having a temper tantrum. And well, you want to help, but at the same time, it's better just to let them get on with it. Because if you try and give them that advice, it just doesn't work. And I must admit, I've done both in saying, oh, sounds like he's having a tough time. Is there anything I can do to help? But then other times I've just smiled at them and just had a little chat to the baby or something and said, it's not that bad. I've been guilty of both of those. So I can't say I'm just perfect because I'm not. <laughs> Yeah, but, but I think everybody's just going to do the best. When I was in the situation, I would get stressed out. I would get hot. I start sweating. Mm-hmm. I get nervous. I'm just like, okay, I don't want to be bothering people around me so much. My child is getting on my last nerve right now. I just need to finish this shopping because we need to eat mm-hmm. as well. They have their reasons why they're crying. Of course. So you can't really be mad at them. You just have to get through it. You got to grow a thick skin and move on. Yeah, absolutely. So in your book, you also talk about traveling with your baby when they were six weeks old. Is that something that you did with your baby? I think that sounds like a challenging, interesting and fun time as well. Yeah. So with the first one, with me being from Germany, if I want to see my family, I have to fly out there. And for us, it was always very clear when we were moving to the US that we do want to see my family once a year, especially... Once we had children, I want that bond also between my mom as the grandmother and my children to be there. So with my first one, we traveled at three months old and we flew to Germany and then we did another short trip to Portugal and then back to Germany and then back to the U.S. And it was great because she was a great sleeper. At that time, she ate well. I was able to nurse her without the problem. And that was the best time to travel with her because she was such a good travel buddy. You know, they don't need much. They just want to look around and 
They see something new every day. So she was just curious, taking it all in, being happy. Then we traveled again when she was four and a half months old, five months old. We flew to Colombia and Peru. If you want to know how much of a bad parent you are, go to Peru. (laughs) Why is that? (laughs) We went there during rain season, which for us, it was so pleasant. We could walk around long pants, but then a t-shirt because for us, it was relatively warm considering where we're coming from. For them, it was cold. So they were wearing thick jackets and they were all, oh my God, your baby is so cute because they hadn't seen necessarily pale skin babies before. And then immediately afterwards, oh, but your baby's cold. You need to dress your baby warmer. And it wasn't just once in a while. It was every five minutes (gasps) and people telling us, oh, you have to do this with your baby. You have to do that with your baby. At one point we, we did a day trip with a travel group and we just had to say, can you please stop telling us what we should be doing with our baby? We are the parents. The baby has survived the first five months with us. It's still alive. Mm-hmm. And so we must have done something right. So please just let us enjoy our time here. We appreciate you caring, but we really don't care what you're saying. <laughs> Because Mm. this is going to happen our way, not your way. And I think that's when they realized, oh, yeah, maybe we should tone it down a little bit and let them have their vacation. Mm. And so that was the extreme end of this advice giving. And then the pandemic hit. So then we stopped traveling for a while. And then we didn't travel again until she was one and a half. And that's when I was pregnant with the second one. And then with the second one, we traveled when she was six weeks old. We flew again from the US to Germany and then did another trip to Croatia. And uh, that also worked out just fine. I think the younger they are in that sense, the easier they are because they're not Mm -hmm. moving yet. Once they start crawling or walking, that's when it gets a little bit more difficult because then they really want to move around. And an airplane is a very small space, so it's a little bit hard for them to crawl around. Yeah. And also all these people are walking over the carpet area and you don't know all the dirt that's there. And they always find the smallest thing and put it right in their mouth. Mm -hmm. So it's also not necessarily what you want them to eat. You could find some peanuts there and that's a choking hazard. So yes, of course, you have to be a little bit more careful there out and about on their own there. (laughs) So with all your traveling with your kids, what would be the tip that you'd give to a first time mom who's traveling with a small baby? Definitely plan in your time and do pre-planning for everything. You go to the airport and your baby still wants to eat or needs a diaper change. So I would just go with a little bit more time. We made our life easier with taking the stroller all the way to the airplane instead of checking it in. Mm. So it just helps you get around a little bit faster. And yeah, we had diaper bags. Diaper bags are very important on the trip. But then the airplane restrooms are very tiny you don't have a lot of space so what we did there is we had a small pouch with just a few diapers and some wipes in there and then we brought a foldable changing mat and then you could just carry that easily while carrying the baby and then change the baby there in the restroom without having too much trouble with the space there it was really just all the the pre-planning it's making sure you have everything in your diaper backpack if they're a little bit older maybe a special snack a new toy Mm -hmm just trying to take their mind off of things and a carrier and 
sometimes they are going to cry. And what we did was if they have to cry it out, we take them to the restrooms so that the other people could sleep because usually the long flights are overnight. So we didn't yes. want to necessarily keep the whole airplane awake either. And we started planning on sleeping a lot less on the flight. <laughs> yeah, I guess you probably don't get much chance to sleep because you've got to tend to your baby. It must be hard for a baby with all the different noises and everything on the plane that they're probably not used to. I mean, as an adult, I find that quite hard. I am really passionate about First Time Mums Chat and providing a weekly resource that helps parents who are new to the whole world of parenting. And I want to hear from you. I warmly welcome questions and feedback and comments on my podcast episodes. You can send me a voicemail message quickly and easily from your smartphone or computer by going to mybabymassage.net forward slash message. That's mybabymassage.net forward slash message. It can be difficult, but what also helps is when you book your flight that you follow up with a call to the airline and request a bassinet. Because certain yes. seats have that option where you can put the bassinet and then it's so comfortable for the baby to lay in there and you actually get some rest for your arms as well. So mm. that has always worked well for us. So are there any other tips that you'd like to pass on to first time moms? I think what you have to be aware of is just managing your expectations. We like to see a lot of things, everything new if possible. And so we think about what is it that we want to see, what is a definite must, what would we like to see, and we make a list, and then we cut that list in half, and then we get about what we can do. Just because mm -hmm. you cannot just move at the same pace as you used to, especially if they're eating solids and you have to take a break and because they need their first breakfast and their morning snack, then lunch, afternoon snack, then dinner. It can be a little bit more disruptive to the whole planning, especially if then you also want to be driving anywhere. You have to see, is it during the snack time, then you have to take a break somewhere and you just don't get to see as much. But if you go in there knowing you're not going to see as much, then you will still be happy with all the things that you will see. Mm -hmm. For me, I strongly believe that having a child doesn't mean that you have to stay in your house or you have to stay put all oh, the time. I agree with that because I was yeah, brought up to travel. Yeah, it's definitely stressful the first time. I mean, every time is a little bit stressful, but the first time is the one where you're probably more nervous about because it, in that sense, it is another milestone first trip with the baby but once you've gone through that and you just go for it you let it happen and you if issues come up you just deal with them on the spot and you'll get through them because if something like that happened at your house you would also just deal with it and get through it and all the people who are on the airplane with you for example they didn't pay for a private jet they paid to be on an airplane with over 100 other people so mm -hmm. just don't care about them don't worry about them yeah, yeah, I think that's an important tip because I think some people get very frustrated with babies crying. Did you find the staff on the plane? Do you find them helpful? Because I know sometimes they are and sometimes they're not. I've only had very good experiences where they were super happy to see the little ones. They even gave little gifts to them. My older daughter's favorite stuffed animal is a small airplane that has Lufthansa written on it because Aww. she got that on her first flight. That's lovely. I think that's good that they do that. 
being supportive of you rather than giving you a negative experience because it's better for the baby and it's better for you too if the staff support you as well. Yeah, because the babies can tell if people around them are in a bad mood or if they're friendly, Mm -hmm. they will pick up on those cues. So if people around them are friendly and then they will give them a smile and they'll be happy. But if people around you are going to be mean or trying to make it even harder on you, then yeah, the baby can pick that up as well. Mm -hmm. But in the end, you're on that flight for a few hours and then you'll never see these people again. So it doesn't matter. Yes. Yeah. No, I always like talking to babies on flights and sort of hearing them up a little bit and supporting the mum as much as I can, but also being aware of the fact that she might need her own space as well. And I think you've got to get the right to fine line between being there to support the baby, but you've also got to think about the mother and the parent as well. They may just want to chill out and be themselves with their family. Yeah, but at the same time, I think that any parent will always appreciate understanding seat neighbors might be just like oh this is a cute one and oh this was a very nice travel buddy didn't really cry much I've had that a lot just getting dirty looks when I got into the airplane and then at the end the babies behave better than some of the adults in that sense (laughs) yes I can well imagine (laughs) and then people saying oh yeah she was so good that was very pleasant I would just say you can find the book on Amazon. It's available worldwide. I have it there as an ebook print copy and uh, audiobook. I would hope that it helps out people. That's what I wrote it for. I really hope it finds the right audience and people can take away something. And I wrote this in the book. If you read it and you don't like anything, that's also a win for you because you know what you don't want to do with your child. And that's equally important. But I really do hope that it helps some of the parents out there and if anybody wanted to get in touch with you about about your book how would they go about doing it yeah so in the book I have my email address in there so anyone who wants to chat about something or has other questions they can reach out to me via email I'm not the biggest social media person Mm. (laughs) I am on LinkedIn you can probably find me a little bit on Instagram but the email would be the best way to reach me. Okay, thank you so much for being on the podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. And I've really enjoyed hearing about all your travel experiences with kids. It's been an eye-opener for me. So thank you for being here. No, thank you very much for having me on your show. I've really enjoyed it. And yeah, I hope that maybe in the future we can do this again. Oh, de- I hope you found Anne's experience of raising her two children interesting. And if you are either a new or expecting parent, then I highly recommend checking out her book. You can get it from Amazon in Kindle, ebook, printed or in audio formats. And Anne has got many wonderful reviews of, of her book. Anne has also put together a free memory box checklist. And I've included links to these as well as her social media in the episode show notes, which can be accessed at mybabymassage.net forward slash podcast forward slash zero nine three. Please help me spread the word to other mums by rating and reviewing my podcast on Apple Podcasts. This helps me support more mums, yes, just like you, for a smooth journey into the exciting world of parenthood.